0: we we'll go straight to the word of the Lord. I'll ask that you please turn your Bibles to the book of Hebrews chapter 8. And we're going to read from verse 7 to 12. Hebrews chapter 8. We're going to read from verse 7 all the way to verse 12. We want to particularly welcome everyone to church. We want to believe that this hymnal service, that the Lord himself will come true for us in the name of Jesus. Alright, are we in Hebrews chapter 8? We'll start from verse 7. And I'll read to your hearing. And this is the word of the Lord. We'll read from the New King James Version, which is our preferred choice at Grace Assembly. And so i read to your hearing. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then there will have been no place for us to seek the second. Because God found faults in the first covenant, which is what he refers to as he found fault in them. Behold, God is prophesying because I found fault in the first covenant. He then prophesied and he says, Behold, the days are coming which are already here, says the Lord our God. He says, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they did not continue in my covenant. And I I disregarded them, says the Lord. Verse 10 this is the covenant that i will make in the house of israel after those days says the lord i will put my laws in their hearts i will write them on their hearts and i will be their god and they shall be my people Amen. amen verse 11 none of them shall teach their neighbor none of them shall teach his brother saying know the lord for all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them. Verse 12, For I as God, I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and I'll be merciful to their sins, I'll be merciful to their lawless days. Not only will I be merciful, I will remember them no more. Praise the name of the Lord. And so this is God speaking to the church, based on what he spoke in Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 31, it's just a a repeat of that prophecy. He says, the days are coming which we have forgotten already. He says, when that day comes, I will give my people a new covenant. And this morning, we are so much particularly interested in these new covenants, that we have not paid attention to for a very long time and that is why the church in itself is struggling with the word of the lord last sunday when the senior pastor was speaking at some point he was making prophetic utterances, and he was almost like begging us to say amen or believe in what god was saying he was almost like Trying to break our heads and put what God is saying or trying to put himself in us for us to understand what God was saying. And it's all because we have not understood what the second commandment and the new commandment is all about. So each time the senior pastor makes prophetic utterances, it is natural we look at our weaknesses, our past or our limitations but the second covenant is not about you it is about the finished work of christ amen and that is why in this season of wisdom you need to understand it so that you can run with the word of the lord and so this morning will bring you the word of the lord that is entitled the covenant of grace praise the name of the lord why don't you celebrate god for his word the lord be praised in jesus name why don't you bow your heads as we pray and so lord in heaven we thank you for this season in which you are showing us the way to walk according to your word we thank you because wisdom truly is profitable to direct and as you've directed us to understand again the essence of grace in which you came to die for we ask that you shall give us your word in total utterance in the name of jesus we pray O lord at the end of this service We shall live here a different person in the name of Jesus. Grace will be available for us in the name of Jesus. And where we lack wisdom, we pray that you shall direct us aright in the name of Jesus. Thank you, sweet Holy Spirit, for in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Before you sit, why don't you say hello to someone on the right, on the left, behind you, in front of you, as many as you can. Just say a word to somebody. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. The covenant of grace, we want to say, I want to be particularly thankful for to Grace Chorale for leading us in the morning without worship session. We want to say, I want to say particularly, I was really blessed by those words and the songs and the ministration. And I want to encourage as many as possible. When I first joined Grace Assembly, one of the things I usually don't miss is usually the opening worship and praise. It is one of the ways that the Lord or you have to find the rhythm of the service of the day. And also to the instrumentalist, if you did listen very well, the bass line was very perfect today. Let's celebrate Grace Chorale to the left and to the right. And let's also thank. The guys in charge of sound in advance. I'm just saying in advance at the moment. At the moment, he's doing a very good job. We pray it goes on that way in Jesus' name. And for all the workers that were here early to set up the pace for this service, we want to say the Lord bless us and we'll always reward our labor of love in Jesus' name. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 8. So the Bible says, but finding fault, God prophesied, he says, for I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel. If you read Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 31, this was where God started the journey. He says, Behold the day cometh when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Now listen to what he says next. He says, Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers, in the day that I took them by the hand and I led them from Egypt to the promised land. So it means there was first a covenant and God said there will be another covenant. Is that correct? So he's saying, in the times of Moses, I made a covenant with them. And this whole sermon this morning is to give us that understanding that if we have to believe God's word every day, we have to understand that we are living in the period of grace. And so when you embrace it, you will not struggle to believe everything that God says. And so he says, He reminding us that there was a time he took the children of Israel by the hand. And he led them by what was called the covenant. Which means he made a covenant with them which the Bible calls the old covenant. And he says, for I made that covenant with them, yet I led them by the hand to where I promised them. And so, if you read carefully, when God was leading the children of Israel, he made mention that he led them by the hand, which means they could not keep his covenant, yet he led them just the way they were. Reading on, he says, my covenant they broke. My covenant they did what? they broke now before we go on multimedia is going to help us with a picture with a photo can multimedia bring up the photo and we'll just look at this photograph very carefully it is something we have seen over and over again multimedia can you help us with that photo if you do have it in case they don't have it we'll go on but hopefully they will get it much later on now if i describe the photograph i'm sure you're going to know what i'm talking about there is a photograph that makes up that makes the internet where you have a horse it may be a horse or a donkey tied to a chair do you have you seen that picture before a donkey tied to a chair and so the donkey refuses to move because he was tied towards to the chair the question i ask yourself can you actually bind a donkey to a chair a plastic chair. Can you? Is it possible? Now, the question is, why does the donkey or the horse remain in one spot? Why does it remain in one spot? If multimedia brings up that picture, you will see the donkey tied to a plastic chair, and yet he's not going to go anywhere. If I ask this question, how many of us are are like that donkey tied to a chair? Most likely not so many of us are going to raise our hands up but this is a picture and it says sometimes the chains that prevent us from being free is not physical but what but mental the church today is struggling with god's word because it is not what you can see it is based it is more of a mental thing about god's word which is what we're going to expound shortly this morning and so this is really who we are this is who I am if I will personalize it So, many of us this is who we are so that is why when the word of the Lord comes it is difficult for us to start moving so imagine last week when senior pastor was saying this, that we have the wisdom that we are, we've received the wisdom to prosper the wisdom to move to the next level if this horse actually have to go to the next level if he hears that word what is the horse supposed to do To start moving. But a lot of us, between Sunday and now, we're still where we are. Between Sunday and now, we're still where we are. That is why on Wednesday we decided to break those words and to make people see that we are people who have lived those lives and they've succeeded because wisdom was able to profit them. But this is who we are. And by God's grace, we're going to move away from this spot in Jesus' name. So what was the old covenant about? I'm going to show you quickly. I will going to see what it means to live by the old covenant of law and how to live by the covenant of God's grace. Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 1. So this is what God did. God wanted to take the children of Israel to the promised land. He wanted to take them to the next level. And so he said to them, now it shall come to pass in Deuteronomy 28 verse 1. He says, if you would diligently... Hear the voice of the Lord and do according to all that has been said that I command you today that the Lord God will set you on high above all nations. Verse 2 then says, And all these blessings shall come upon you because you obey the voice of the Lord. Verse 3 Blessed shall be your city and blessed shall be your country. Now we are saying Amen. But did you see the conditions for that blessing? Does those blessings, do they have conditions? Verse 2 says, he says, this blessing will come upon you if you will keep my commandment. This blessing will come upon you if you will keep my commandments." Verse 15, let's drop to verse 15. And verse 15 says, but it shall come to pass if you do not obey the voice of the Lord to observe them carefully and his commandments and his status and whatever he commanded that all these curses shall come upon you upon you have you ever read Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 at some point I refuse to start reading those verses actually Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 do you know what the scripture says there do you know what it says what does it say this book of the law shall not what? Depart of your mouth. But you shall meditate upon it. day out, And you shall observe. Continue. So he said. You shall meditate upon it. Day and night. And do according to all that is written in it. When you do this. What did he say? Then. For then shall it make your way prosperous. If you will do all, then I will do my part. So the covenant God was speaking about when he led them out of the land of Egypt is what he's explaining. He says, my covenant then was conditional. He says, he said to them, if you will do this, then I will do this remember the, the, the word of the Lord that says if the people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and obey me what's going to happen then will I prosper them so the old covenant was based on what you have to do all the time it was based on conditions of what we have to do so we have these covenants and we have these laws because we are not careful to obey them we do not believe that God can still bless us. And so that is why it's very difficult when, when, when a word comes from the pulpit and says God is going to prosper you. God is going to bless us. We find it difficult to believe it because the old covenant says you have a big responsibility to play. So for all God did then, and all Moses did, they put it to the people that you have a huge responsibility to play. So if you don't keep it, then God will not do what God said he would do. But this morning I'm coming to announce to you that grace is sufficient to everyone in the name of Jesus. I said grace is sufficient to everyone in the name of Jesus. We go very fast now now so you see how the covenant was it was about the laws of moses and usually we are so very much familiar with the ten laws of moses but there were over 600 of them was it possible to keep all of them was it possible to keep all of them it wasn't possible till now it will never be possible to keep all of them so even if it is not possible does it mean then that god wouldn't bless us So we have gotten to this understanding that we are living by the covenant of the law, which means we try so much to please God. And so there's something even called self-righteousness where we try to tell God what we have done so that we can earn his blessings. Let's move on. James chapter 2, verse 10. Now James is now explaining to us how that covenant worked. James 2, verse 10, it says, For moreover, for whoever shall keep the law and yet shall stumble at one point is is what is guilty of how many is guilty of all so if we are trying to please god by keeping his covenant he says if you try all you can if we miss all we miss how many we miss all so the covenant or the old covenant was reminding us that we had to do a lot of works before we can please God. Now let me delve deeper. Now let me explain to you what a covenant is. A covenant first is an irrevocable vow or agreement between two people, really, and it's always sealed. Is that sealed by a signature, a blood, or something? And when God was making those covenants, the Bible says even God Himself sealed those covenants with a blood. God had to seal those covenants with the blood. Now, I'm going to explain how the law works and then we'll understand how we now live in the area of grace. Are you with me? Now, Romans chapter 3 verse 20 also goes ahead to explain to us the aspect of the law. Now, if we now go to Galatians, Galatians chapter 3 verse 24, I'm going to explain this. It says, therefore, by the deeds of the law, Shall no flesh be what? Be justified. So do not think that what you do can justify you before the presence of God. So God is saying, I have made these laws, but you cannot be justified by it. So it is easy to ask a question and say, if God knows that we can't keep these laws, why then did he make the law in the first place? I'll show you very quickly. Why then did God make the law in the first place? romans chapter 3 verse 28 why then did god make the law in the first place the law wasn't made for you to keep them it was made to continually show your weaknesses it was made to continually reveal your words our weaknesses which means for all we can we couldn't please god so the more we tried the more we discovered that we were weak before god the law was made so that we can, it can reveal our weaknesses. Romans chapter 3, verse 28, it says, Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. So when God says, I'm going to bless you, it is natural for, for us to say, if God will actually bless me. And God is saying, let me give an example. If God says he's going to bless our businesses this week, let me just make a better example. For instance, we have somebody that is you know, that is unmarried and you are looking forward to a husband. And God says to you, by the end of this month you are going to get married. What is the first thing that will go through the person's head? The first person, the first thing that will go through your head is who am I dating at the moment? Is that correct? And if there is nobody you are dating at the moment will you really believe what God is saying? There will be a little doubt ...on what God has said. Is that correct? Now, that is about all that we go through. So the question is, if God says you get married by the end of the year... ...by the end of the month, why do you think of what you have at the moment? If God says, I will bless you or you have a husband at the end of the month... ...why do we think... Of what we have at the moment. The answer is very simple. Because we have. We have calculated. That we have to do our own part. Before God's word can be fulfilled. That is because we were living by the laws. And by the old covenant. Which gives you what to do. Before the word of the Lord can be accomplished. Now grace is saying. The works that you need to do have already been done. It is not you that have to think of what you have to do. That is why Paul was saying, for the more you think about the laws of the old covenant, which means you are thinking of what you can do. If God says I'll get married, then I have to start calling the people that are are prospective suitors. So what you are doing, you are beginning to write out what you have to do to bring God's word to pass. And by the time we look at the concept of grace, you will understand that what you struggle to do has already been done over 2,000 years ago. Praise the Lord. So when God says, this year, this season, we are moving to the next level. Stop thinking of where you are now. Stop thinking of the failures of yesterday. Stop thinking of the possibility of getting there the more we think of it the more we are living in the old covenant the new covenant talks about grace the finished work of god so he's saying that jesus had done all so you stop writing what you have to do to make the word of the lord come to pass all we need to do is to understand that grace has paid it all and if god says it he will bring his word to pass praise the name of the lord Now, I will explain quickly the concept of grace and we will begin to wrap up this message. Matthew chapter 5 verse 17. Let me read that. Matthew 5 verse 17. Multimedia, help us with Matthew chapter 5 verse 17. And this is the word of the Lord. Now, Jesus' coming says, Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. And what did he say next? I did not come to destroy the law, but he came to do what? He came to do what? To fulfill it so jesus is saying i am the fulfillment of that law so when you think of pleasing god jesus is saying stop thinking of pleasing god if you have me you have pleased god the old commandment was thinking of how to please god the new government is more interested in having christ so when we have christ we have fulfilled the law Remember, God still works in the law, but he's not looking at our weaknesses. He's not looking at our past. He's not looking at what we can or what we cannot do. He's looking at the fulfillment of the law through his son, Jesus the Christ. So, whilst others are busy writing what they can do, we are busy trying to receive Christ. And once we receive Christ, we have fulfilled the law and living under the grace of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, let me explain that in details. You'll get it now. If you ever happen to travel, especially to European countries, there's usually something that happens when you get to the security borders. You will see a long queue of people. So when, we, when you get to the border, the security gate, it is expected of you to bring out your passport. Is that correct? Your travel documents, maybe your hotel reservations and all the rest. So we gather all these documents. Ready? Ready? And so, by the time you get to the immigration, they start looking at your documents, right? Those documents are the laws. So, they are looking, does it have a travel document? Check. They will look: Does it have a reservation, hotel reservation? So, they keep looking at all those requirements, one after the other. If you are staying on that queue for a long time, where a lot of people will be, Then you will hear somebody announce, most times, they will ask if you have an European passport, please come this way. How many of us have experienced it? So you will have few people, maybe three or ten of them, they don't check any other thing but their passport. Once they see that passport, they forget about hotel reservations. They forget about where the person is going to stay. They don't ask how long he's going to stay and he has an express entry that passport represents jesus the christ if you are outside that passport that is why you are busy trying to check every other thing have i come to church twice every sunday yes have i been a worker faithful worker yes so we begin to mark all those things so that we can enter into the gate of of our fulfillment but if you have that passport called christ when god sees it forget about every other requirement because Jesus is a fulfillment of all those requirements. So, even when we don't have all the requirements, when the when the prophecy comes and says you are going to meet or going to the next level, we don't think of the requirements because the requirements limit you. Even when you have all the requirements, you get to the to, to the borderline, you know they can still bounce you back. So we don't think. So God is saying the old covenant was about what you can do but if you have that passport it's only one person his name is called jesus the christ he says he has fulfilled every other requirement so when you have it god is not interested if you have travel document because if you have that passport you have all so grace is saying have jesus and you have all when the word comes stop thinking of what you can do. What you can do has been checked by the grace of God. So the grace encompasses all and it gives you life and life eternal. Praise the name of the Lord. Celebrate the Lord God. Romans chapter 10 verse 4. Romans 4 says for Christ is the end of the Lord. I want us to read together Romans chapter 10, verse 4. If you read this, you will have a better understanding. He says, Let's read together. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone. Who is the end of the law? Jesus promised that a time will come that I will send the new covenant. The covenant is boxed in Jesus Christ. He says, For when Christ comes, when Jesus came, the law had ended. So Christ is what is the, is the end of the world of the law. So if Jesus Christ is really the end of the law, why are we trying so hard and not believing that God's word can come to pass? It's because we have it in our head that when the word of the Lord comes, the word of the word of the Lord comes, we start thinking of our limitations. We start thinking of what we have not done. And that is why sometimes when people come to to, to testify, sometimes I just you know, I just take a little note. When you hear people say, I want to bless the name of the Lord because after I fasted for five days, the Lord heard me. If somebody else is sitting in the congregation, he will want to fast for five days before God can hear him. That itself is works and self-righteousness. And God says, God, Jesus Christ, is a fulfillment of the law. You are not having it because you fasted. The fasting wasn't for you to make God do what God would do. The fasting was for you to subject yourself so that you can hear what God was about to say. So we don't bask in the fact that we have done anything. We only bask on the fact that we have the grace of God. So usually, so when the senior pastor comes next time and prophesies, forget about what you have done or what you have not done or what you can do or what you cannot do. It's not about you. It's about the fulfillment of the law which Jesus Christ gave on the cross. Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 22 verse 20. I told you earlier on, for every covenant is usually sealed by the blood. And Jesus speaking in Luke chapter 22 verse 20 he says likewise jesus speaking he says he took the cup of the supper and he said this cup is the cup of the world the new covenant next week we're going to have holy communion i want you to have that understanding that when you drink that blood you are only reaffirming the sealing of the covenant of god when the covenant is sealed, it means it becomes irrevocable. So when God says he will do it, stop thinking about yesterday's mistake or limitations. He says, Jesus said, this cup is the cup of my new covenant, which I have sealed in my blood. And he said, take it as often as you can for the remembrance of it. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5. I'm going to show you something very quickly here. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5. Now, Paul speaking, he says, not that we are sufficient of ourselves. Not that we are what? I can't hear you. Not that we are what? So when you see people blessed by God, it is not that they could have done it by themselves. It had nothing to do with what they did. Wisdom only guided them to where God wanted to take them to. Paul was boasting, for all I have it was never because i thought i could have done it by myself and he went and said and said to think as being sufficient but my sufficiency is from who is from god verse 6 now says who has also made us sufficient as ministers of the world what that word minister means is not referring to the ministers like we have in church he's saying did not think myself to be sufficient to have gotten anything but i was made sufficient because i became the minister of the new covenant the root word of that minister means i became a beneficiary of the new covenant the new covenant speaks about grace so on your own you could have done nothing on your own you shouldn't have been here on your own you can't get this health. On your own, you couldn't have gotten the job. We got it because we were beneficiary of the what? The new covenant. And the new covenant talks about what? Grace. So when God says you will have it, stop thinking of your sufficiency because your sufficiency wouldn't take you anywhere. You only think about the ministering of the new covenant, which is the ministry of the covenant of grace. My prayer is that that grace will be sufficient for us in the name of Jesus. I said that grace will be sufficient for us in the name of jesus now after this verse 12 then says therefore if you know all this don't hide under the under the don't hide under the fact under your weaknesses don't hide under your limitations he now says therefore since we have this hope that we are depending on the new covenant he says we need to approach god with great words boldness of words of speech So if God says it, go back to meet God and say, you said you would do this to me. I come with the covenant and the new covenant of grace that God can do it and I will be a beneficiary of that. And so it will be in the name of Jesus. In closing, we'll we'll read Romans chapter 3 and verse 28. Romans 3 and verse 28 and we're going to wrap this up. Romans 3 verse 28 says, Therefore, let us conclude the matter, that a man is only justified by what? By faith. A man is only justified by what? By faith. So the justification that we have that God will do what God says is by what? Is by faith. Now Paul was speaking in Romans and it took him three chapters to distinguish what the difference was between law and the grace and so he began to let them know that for all that you have done because a set of people came and said we are circumcised so we have the blessings of the Lord so we can also say if God will bless anybody in this church he's going to bless grace corral the more. do you believe that? they spend most times in church I want to appreciate them for that but God is not about church he's not about your dedication of service you are doing it originally because you love him do you buy do we buy our wives gifts because we want them to serve us you do it out of what out of love so paul was saying stop playing the keyboard expecting that because you play it, god must bless you he's saying you were, you are not blessed because you do it you originally do it out of love even if you stop doing it he's about raising stones and he will not raise those stones in grace assembly to do his work so we do his work out of love we do his work out of love for god and he was telling the children of the 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 disciples that we do this out of love not out of works because works shall no man boast and so he was telling them that the grace of god is sufficient for how many men for all men so if we sit here we need to understand that the grace is available to everyone and God will make that grace available to in the name of Jesus. So he says, therefore, we conclude that no man is justified by the deeds of the law only by faith. And that faith is on the fact that we understand that the covenant of grace is available to all. And in closing, Romans chapter 8 And from verse 1. Romans 8 verse 1. I'm going to close now. He says, Therefore, there is now no what? No condemnation. So when God says, He will bless you. He will increase you. The condemnation of the heart has nothing to do. Maybe I am still believing god for the fruits of the womb because of the deeds of yesterday it was never because of the deeds and will never be because of what you did god said that i will bless you because he has made a new covenant he says for all our limitations he was he will remember no more so he says now there is therefore no what, no condemnation so stop thinking you are tied down because of what you did. It's not about the past. It's not about your limitation. It's about the faith that you have in your head. So we fall into the category of the donkey that is tied because we do not have the belief that we can live where we are. Romans is saying, Now therefore, there is what? No condemnation for what? For those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk. After the what? But after the what? Now, back then, when I read that word flesh, I used to think it was about sin. It's not sin. That flesh there means we do not walk under the law. Read verse 2. He says, For the law of the Spirit of life is who? Is Christ Jesus. Has made us what? Free from the law of sin and what? And death. So for a long time, we were the donkey that was seated only tied by a plastic chair. God is saying this morning, for the law of life has set us what? Free. So you are free to obtain, you are free to receive, you are free to live the life that God has promised us. So we are no more bound by the law. He says, for the law of the spirit, which is the law of grace. Has set us free from the law of sin and death. Verse 3. He says for what the law could not do. What the law itself could not do. God did. How did he do? By sending his Word, His only begotten son. In the likeness of what? Flesh. On account of sin. He condemned the sin for our sake. Let's go to verse 4. And verse 4 made it clearer. He says that the requirement of the law. Whatsoever the law has demanded of you, those requirements have been what? has been paid for. Turn to three people says the requirements have been paid for. He says that the requirements of that law has been paid for. So when the word of the Lord comes and says, You will make it, you will excel, stop thinking of the requirements that you are going to do for God. If God says we are going to the next level, stop thinking, maybe I have to pray three times a day before I get there. Those requirements have been checked by Jesus Christ. Every requirement of the law, every requirement of limitations have been met by the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, those requirements, the righteous requirements of the law has been fulfilled, that the law may be fulfilled in us who walk according to the flesh, not according to the flesh, but according to the The spirit. Grace Assembly announced to you that grace is sufficient to everyone. The covenant of grace is sufficient to everyone. And for everything that God has spoken concerning our life, the law has been taken away. God has fought the battle you shall conquer in the name of Jesus. Verse 5 For those who live according to the flesh this is a warning. If you keep thinking according to the flesh, which is based on what you will have to do, it says, for you are only going to set your minds on words on the things of the flesh. This is how it works. When the word of the Lord comes and said this week, the Lord is going to favor you. The natural thing is for the flesh to try to consummate those words. And the natural thing is for flesh to say, if God will favor me in my business, then maybe Mr. So-so-so-so will have submitted my proposal if you hear that your proposal was not submitted, what what is going to happen? You are likely going to lose hope in what God has said. That is what Paul was saying, that those who live according to the flesh, you only mind the things the flesh says. So when you hear your proposal was not submitted, it is likely you are going to believe the word of the Lord, less than you got it on Sunday. But he says, those who live according to the spirit, which is the covenant of grace, even if you tell him That the proposal was not submitted. He doesn't work according to that. He doesn't work according to what he hears. The spirit tells him that he will be favored. Whether it is submitted or not submitted, the word of the Lord remains what? Remains sure. Because everything according to the books of the law has been fulfilled. So grace is what covers him. And that grace, I say, will be sufficient in the name of Jesus. I ask that we please rise as we close this morning. so God reminds us in verse 10 of that Romans 8 this is what he says he says for if Christ is in you the body is dead but the spirit has become alive because of what because of righteousness if the body is dead if Christ lives in you the body becomes dead but he becomes alive the righteousness of God and this is the last scripture I'll read Romans chapter 10 verse 1 I want us to read together Romans chapter 10 verse 1 I'll read to your hearing no don't worry I'll read to your hearing now this is Paul begging us he says brethren my heart desire and prayer for God is that you will be saved and you will receive the promise of the next level verse 2 He says, For I bear witness that we all have the zeal of God but not according to what? To knowledge. Verse 3. For we have been ignorant of God's righteousness and we are seeking to establish our own words, righteousness. So when God says he will do it, you are busy trying to tell God why you are qualified. God is saying, don't tell me how you are qualified i know that you were never and will never be qualified but you have been qualified by his son he says for you have not submitted to the righteousness of god verse 4 as the last for christ is the end of that law and for righteousness to everyone who believes the covenant of grace has covered everyone in this room And for that reason, every word that God has spoken, you are entitled to receive them in the name of Jesus. Because grace has spoken well for us. Every covenant of death, every covenant of judgment upon you, God is saying, now there is no more condemnation for everyone who is in Christ Jesus. For Christ has fulfilled the law, and we are only and shall be riding. the fulfillment of that law praise the name of the lord and so i ask that you close your eyes and just ask god one more time that he will give you the enablement to understand the finished work of christ if the law has been fulfilled by god you have no part to play but to enjoy the blessings and the grace of the lord and our prayer is that the lord god will give us direction in the name of jesus every commandment or covenant of destruction every covenant of limitation we ask that the lord will replace with his covenant of grace in jesus name and so we pray and we ask that we have been set loose by every limitation we have been set loose by everything that holds us bound and grace will speak for us in the name of jesus and for everyone whose grace is speaking for, why don't you shout a louder Amen? amen. And that grace will speak for you in the name of Jesus. Amen. The name of the Lord be praised. Celebrate God for his blessings and for his word. God be praised. So in this in this atmosphere where we're walking in the wisdom of God, it is pertinent that we understand what grace does. Grace doesn't care what you have done or your limitations. So let's not belittle God because of our weaknesses. Stop looking at what you have, look at what He has given us. Your finances can't take you to the next level only if you look at Jesus. He says, Looking unto Jesus, who is the beginning and the end of our faith. And that is the faith we use to receive the grace of God. Having been blessed this morning. Amen. While you remain standing, we're going to take our second hymn, which is entitled, My Hope is Built on Nothing Less. We have our hopes shattered over time. We have our hope destroyed. We have the people we hope on disappoint us. But this morning, our hope is built on nothing else but the righteousness of God and the grace of his covenant. As you sing I ask that you please listen and sing attentive and pay attention to the words of the song and the Lord will bless us in Jesus name. ¡Gracias! At this point, do we have titers in the house? We ask that all titers and if you want to pay your first fruits, please make your way up here. An envelope will be made available clearly marked tight. All titers. Do we have titers in the house?